This episode of the Relentless Forward podcast is brought to you by GI Associates. GI Associates is one of the largest gastroenterology clinics in the southeastern United States. They're headquartered uh, here in here in my town, which is Flowood, Mississippi. And I was thinking about it. Uh, I, I was at GI Associates last week um, with a meeting about some upcoming plans and events, and I got to thinking that this is probably the only podcast in the United States and maybe in the entire nation that is sponsored by a gastroenterology clinic. Um, but I think it's pretty fitting because, as many of you know, um, as the host of this podcast, I am a colon cancer survivor, and so I know firsthand how important it is to get timely screenings for colon cancer, especially if you have a history of it in your family um, or if you're over 50. It's just it's it's just a very preventable disease, um, and screenings can catch a lot of them. It's not going to catch all of them, but it can catch a lot. And there's kind of a stigma attached with colon screenings for obvious reasons, um, and a lot of people fear it, um, And but it's just not that bad. And I can tell you that getting colonoscopy is not nearly as bad as getting colon cancer. So if you're eligible to be screened, it's I think they've recently changed the guidelines. Um, I'll look more into that, but uh, I think they've lowered it now to 45 for Caucasians and maybe even lower if you're uh, African-American. Um, and so it's super important to get your screenings done. And that's why, uh, you know, our relationship with GI associates is so strong because colon cancer also can be impacted and reduced by um, improved physical fitness. And when you're going through, let's say you get colon cancer, you're going through treatments, your chance of recurrence is less if you uh, are fit, if you are in shape. The more you exercise, the more likely you are to survive colon cancer and the less likely you are to actually get colon cancer. So it really fits. Um, and so that's why we are sponsored by GI Associates and that's why we, together with GI Associates, do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, we've got a, uh, we're going to uh, do our Butts and Guts 5K race, which was awesome last year. We're going to do that coming up in March. Our planning has already started for that. Um, and then we've got some other stuff we're doing. I'm kind of in-house with GI Associates to reach out to the community, and uh, you'll be hearing some more about that kind of stuff later. It's pretty cool stuff. Um, if you're a regular listener to the podcast and you know me, you know that for the last few years I was employed at a uh, run specialty business that was uh, located here in Mississippi called Stinky Feet Athletics. And, and back in June, um, I left Stinky Feet Athletics, decided to go on my own. And um, what I've done is started a what I think is a pretty unique business. It's it's a run specialty business, similar to what a running a brick and mortar running store would do, but it's not tethered to the brick and mortar store. So it's a much more nimble, much more mobile type of business um, that can do a lot um, a lot more for the community. And it was something I've been thinking about quite a while. And so what Run Strong is going to do is it's going to help people. It's going to help people run their lives in a strong manner. It's going to help people run strong. So we do training and coaching and the difference there is training I usually think of as group training it's a little less individualized a little less customized coaching is really personalized one-on-one coaching and so um, what I've been doing is building uh, a training program a local training program and um, even some remote training options and then I've got remote coaching options so I've got um, some one-on-one coaching clients. I've got clients all across the United States who are training for things like half marathons, marathons, or even triathlons. Um, and so I'm going to expand that. That's one thing I really love to do. So I'm going to expand that part of the business quite a bit. We're going to be doing some local half and full marathon training programs this fall. Um, we're going to have some coaching options that are going to be coming out. Um, I coach people, like I said, all across the country now. I'm going to try to expand that a little bit, pick up athletes in different areas of the country and uh, and uh, and work on that a little bit. So the other thing that Run Strong does is going to help corporations run strong. And what that means is we're going to help them run their business in a stronger manner by strengthening and um, empowering their staff. So we're going to be doing some corporate wellness um, for corporations. We've already got some of these um, in the works. And what that's going to do is, um, you know, a lot of companies now want to improve the job satisfaction, the happiness, the health, the vitality um, of their staff. 
And they're not always sure how to do that. So a lot of times what they do is they bring someone like me in and say, hey, come talk to my staff and tell them what they need to eat and how they need to exercise to get healthier and happier. And um, that's that's nice. It's a good feature. But really, a corporate wellness program is bigger than that. It's where the it's where the owners of a company say, I really want to offer something to my staff that they can use and learn and be educated and motivated and inspired. And that will help my business run stronger. Um, so that's what we're doing. We're doing some corporate wellness stuff and we're doing some really unique programs. Um, we're going to be working with GI associates on, on one of these. It's just really cool stuff. Um, and also I'm developing an online store, um, where I'm going to, the store is already operational. I'm just adding products to it as quickly as I can. Uh, and what that store is going to be is just all the best products for running and fitness that the ones that I think are the best, the ones that I endorse, the ones that I think people should use, and I'm going to, so for example, coming in this week, today's August 13th, so coming in in the next five or six days, I've got Features brand socks, and if you don't know Features brand socks, they're awesome, you should try it. If you want to try a pair and you're a listener to the podcast, I'll give you a discount just to try a pair, so I'll give you a discount code. It'll be in the show notes if you want to check it out. Uh, you get a discount code, you can come in and get one pair of feature socks kind of as an introductory offer and check them out. And you can visit then find those products at www.runstrongshop.com. That's runstrongshop.com. Um, the other thing I'll be doing with Run Strong is visiting um, some corporations, some bigger companies, and speaking to their staff about health and fitness. So if I'm not doing a wellness program, I'm going to be doing some public speaking where I come in and hopefully educate them, motivate them, inspire them, and lead them down a path towards um, better wellness, more health, better health, better vitality. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, If you have any questions about maybe what RunStrong can do for you, I'd like you to visit our uh, website, which is just runstrong.fit, www.runstrong.fit, super easy. Or you can email me, jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at runstrong.fit, super simple. Uh, today's podcast episode is, is kind of a unique one. I think you're really going to enjoy it, and it's actually the first part of a two-parter. Um, it is the Pelotonia podcast. Um, last week, I guess it would be about a week and a half ago now, um, seven of us from Mississippi traveled up to Columbus, Ohio to participate in an event called Pelotonia, and it's an annual three-day cycling event that raises money for life-saving cancer research at the James Cancer Center and the Solov Research Institute at Ohio State University. It's a really unique organization in that they're uh, funded by some large corporations who have just said, I, this is important, we're going to pay for this, that, that covers their overhead. And so what Pelotonia can do is donate 100% of, um, donate, take, they can put 100% of donations to research. Um, so there's no portion of it that goes just to keep them in business. That's already covered. So 100% of all donations um, go directly to life-saving cancer research. We got to visit um, the Pelotonia headquarters up there. It's a big event. It's probably about 8,000 8, to 8,500 people that participate. There's 10 different um, cycling routes you can choose from. There's, some are one-day, some are two-day events. Um, uh, we are eight-member team. We had seven in Columbus and one was virtual here. We did almost 1,100 miles between the eight of us, and we raised about $18,000. And we're still fundraising now all the way through October, and we were able to raise that much money through a couple of ways. One was individual donations. Just a lot of you were really moved by the experience we had and by what we were trying to do and made individual donations, so thank you for that. And a big part of our success was uh, corporate sponsors. Um, We ended up with 14 corporate sponsors who donated various amounts of money, um, and it was just a really awesome experience. And through them, we were able to to really make an impact. And this this is powerful because the money that we raised will save somebody's life. You know, it's not, it just doesn't disappear into the vacuum of research space, all these, it goes to specific researchers. We met and saw at the opening ceremonies, actual human beings, researchers, and the patients their research had helped. And that's a just a little, it's such a neat path to see. You raise money, it goes to this person, this person figures out this problem, this cure, and they save this person's life. That's two steps away from saving somebody's life. It's pretty powerful. So what we did was we got five of our group together, 
to talk about podcast to talk about Pelotonia. Um, it was myself, Jeremy Jungling, my wife Claire Jungling, our friend Tim Townsend, our friend Charlie Williams, and our friend Monty Young. Um, our two, we had three other teammates, Bobby Rush and Todd Lape Road in Columbus, but weren't able to come um, to the podcast recording. And then Kevin Williamson uh, rode locally, so they weren't on the podcast either. But the five of us that were here went around, kind of did a roundtable discussion, answered some questions, and talked about why Pelotonia, why it was so powerful, why it was so important, some of the funny stories that happened, what the things we saw that made such an impact. Um, I think you'll find it to be inspiring. I think you'll find it to be emotionally powerful. And... Uh, It'll probably motivate you to try to get involved, if not with Pelotonia, with something you know that's something that um, you are touched by and that you are inspired by. Um, for us, it's cancer for obvious reasons, um, and you'll hear if you listen to the podcast um, some of these reasons. This is going to be a two-part podcast. It went about an hour and a half, so we split. I'm splitting it up into about 45 minutes and 45 minutes. So this is episode one. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast. If you listen on iTunes, please uh, give me a review or a rating. I would really appreciate that. And uh, let's get rolling into the podcast. So we'll jump right into it. Be sure to check out part two. And uh, thanks for listening. It's working. All right, we're live. We have a question for everybody out there right off the bat. How do you say... Cauliflower. Cauliflower. You say cauliflower or cauliflower? Cauliflower. 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 It's about sherbet. It's sherbet. It's not sherbet. It's sherbet. Why is it sherbet? Huh? Sorbet. 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 You probably say sorbet. I say sorbet. All right. So hey, everybody. Wave. Hi. Uh, we are at the new Run Strong Studios, and for those listening on the podcast, we're doing a live cast. That's who we're waving at, in case you think we're confused. <laughs> <laughs> so for the people who are, who are watching, hello. For the people who are not watching, also hello. hello. And we're waving hello at you. Well. We're waving at the microphone. So we, uh, there's five-eighths of the Mississippi Cyclopaths here in the brand new Run Strong Studios, which is a converted bedroom at my home. And uh, we grabbed some beverages, um, and we're not sponsored by them, but we'd like to give a shout out to Lucky Town Brewing Company because yeah. I'm about to open a Goza Gamblin, and, 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 and Monty has a pub ale. So um, this is a free shout out to Lucky Town. You're welcome. Because you they can, are awesome. You can pay me for this later. <laughs> in beer. So in free in beer. Yeah. <laughs> so what we thought we'd do is we wanted to, uh, if you've. Um, been paying any attention to what we've been doing. We put a team together and went to Columbus, Ohio, and we rode, We each rode various distances for Pelotonia. And Pelotonia is a three-day cycling event where uh, that raises money for cancer research. And they're a really cool organization because 100% of all donations to Pelotonia go towards cancer research, which is really rare, which is really unique. Um, Pelotonia is, a, is funded by some bigger organizations, some bigger companies, um, who basically pay all their overhead so they can exist, and then 100% of donations can be put to research. And so far, in the this is year 10, and in 10 years they've raised now, what are we at, 180, $180 million. $175, $180 million, million dollars for cancer research, all through one three-day cycling event. So um, we put together a team for, of Mississippians, and we called ourselves the Cyclopaths. We got really cool jerseys, which we got a lot of shout-outs for. And... Um, we went to Columbus and we rode various distances. Um, and the distance you ride corresponds to the amount of money you um, are you commit to fundraising. So the longer your ride is, the more you have to fundraise. And uh, between all of us, our team raised over eighteen thousand um, dollars. And we rode, I think I figured what I say, a thousand ninety nine total miles between eight of us on bikes. And that's probably more than all of us combined did in training <laughs> prior to. For sure. It's probably close. So what we thought we'd do is we'd get the team together, get a few brews and beverages flowing, because a lot of people here are nervous about being recorded on a podcast or in a live live cast. 
and that's mainly Monty and Tim. <laughs> so I'm calling you out for being you. nervous. Monty tried to get out of it today because he was so nervous. He just couldn't take you it. But you see, <laughs> nobody's going to hear that because you're talking so quietly. You don't know what right. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and a few of us had our first podcast. I know Claire and I did our first podcast at Pelotonia. Live guest. Uh, live guest. Yeah. Um, at Pelotonia. I believe Bobby did as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Todd had done one before. Monty and Tim didn't do live cast. I showed up in the background of a few. Monty's that guest that shows up and gives insight as needed. Right. Yeah. Well, he's going to have to give some insight today because <laughs> we have some very specific questions um, we're going to ask to try to give everybody kind of a feel for what Palatania is and what the experience is like. So what we're going to do is we have seven questions. Six? I can't even count. Six questions. Six. And we're just going to kind of go around the room and we're going to offer this question up to each of us and, and then we're each going to answer it and talk a little bit about it. We thought that'd be the best way for someone listening to actually understand what was what was going on. So um, anybody want to add anything before we get rolling? I would like to add this is a dual podcast oh, yeah. today uh, with Relentless Forward podcast and also the Leprechaun Runner podcast. Jeremy and I have discussed doing this before, and it just so happened we didn't even think about this today until later on. I'm like, hey, we can do a dual podcast here and uh, kind of kill two birds with one stone, as the old Southern saying goes. Yeah, so uh, that's Charlie Williams, and he hosts the Leprechaun Runner podcast, so I'd recommend checking that out. And I'm about to crack my Lucky Town Goza gambling, so <laughs> sorry for that noise. Well, let's get started. So let's uh, <clears throat> let's start with you know why each of you decided to ride and fundraise for Palatania, um, and let's go with let's start I with. I think Claire. you might be a good one to start. I'll go with. last because I'm the host. So, <laughs> I can go first. I'll happily go first, but it involves you, so I thought it might be good for you. So <clears throat> I did this fundraiser because um, so. I think this would go way back to, we have a friendship with the CEO and president of Pelotonia, Doug Allman. Shout out to Doug. Um, so we became involved with oh, Jeremy. My husband had cancer, uh, colon cancer in 2014. 12. 12. We climbed Kilimanjaro with Doug in 2014. And then um, we've just kind of been involved with raising money and doing things um, that fights cancer in just whatever way. And so when Doug moved from um, moved over to Pelotonia, um, we kind of heard about it, but we had not done it yet. We had talked about going and doing the ride. Well, then in 2016, Jeremy um, was diagnosed with lymphoma. Do you want to tell him what the specific name of your lymphoma is? B-cell skin-associated non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Yes. That. Something like that. So. It's real, real easy to say. Yeah. Can you spell that, please? Most of it. (laughs) So we went for treatment in Jackson. Um, I never really knew what it was because they knew it was lymphoma. We never really knew much about it because it's kind of rare. And so um, then we called Doug. Jeremy's just like, I'm just going to call Doug at Pelotonia, see if he knows anybody um, that I might, you know, get another opinion because they were ready to just radiate every spot. And, um, yeah, they basically said, just go take a dive into Chernobyl yeah. and everything will be fine. <laughs> we <laughs> said, good. let's get a second opinion on that. Yeah. <laughs> so within like 30 minutes, Jeremy was on the phone with one of the leading lymphoma researchers in the country who just happened to be at the James Cancer Center um, at the Ohio State University. And that is where, um, that is the where all funds that are raised go to cancer research. All funds raised by Pelotonia go to cancer research at the James. And so Jeremy was actually a patient at the James. Um, they ended up giving us good news, and we know you know how to treat it and what it is, and that it's really um, hopefully not going to ever be life-threatening. But So it became more personal for us to do something specifically to um, donate to the James and through Pelotonia. So not only was it fun... But now it was a little more personal. That's why I did this ride. That's good. Follow that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so Tim, Tim Townsend, 
<clears throat> so why did you decide to ride and fundraise? So, I don't know, really. Um, I generally do things because I'm eating dinner and somebody says, hey, you want to go do this? <laughs> like, well, I, I can't do that, but sure, let's let's give it a shot. So that's that's how I ran my first marathon. I had a buddy that said, hey, let's, you want to try to do that? And I just said, sure, and trained for a, a little while and, and made it happen. But over the time, I guess since then, which was only, what, a couple months ago, three months ago, maybe? I think so. I bought a bike and tried to ride a few times before I headed up there. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah. but, we'll get to the training yeah, portion in that. just a minute. Yeah. So um, you know, since then I have had friends and I've got a couple right now that um, have had some cancer scares and they're kind of going through treatment and things right now. So that made it a little more personal. On my way up there, I just found out about a couple of them. So. Yeah. That's, that's good. It's good stuff. All right, so Charlie, same question. I I rode for. Um, I had a grandfather who had colon cancer. Um, my wife is a cancer survivor. Um, my daughter-in-law's grandfather actually beat cancer a few times and succumbed to it his last time. Gary White. So it kind of hit us all personal. It was more personal for us is because we've had so much family history of it. And my wife and I were discussing this the other day and she's like, Hey, you're doing this. So when are you going to go have your cancer checkup? And I'm like, I know, I know, you know, don't, don't brush me. But, and Jeremy and I had discussed this too, but, uh, yeah, we, we have a personal family history of cancer in our family. So that's why it was near and dear. And also my kids, uh, grandmother, uh, died of cancer so it's it's hit us kind of hard and um so our sponsor of this program is gi associates and um coincidentally charlie is due for colonoscopy yes and hasn't gone in so um charlie let's commit right now on this podcast that you will get appointment schedules and get in there i will commit this week that i will call and make an appointment Okay, good. There, it's on Hold record. To it, yeah. All right, so now the most outspoken person in the group, <laughs> Monty Young. Let's go to Monty. And Monty, why did you decide I know to ride and fundraise? Oh boy, this is fun. Um, <laughs> you asked me, I think, or you brought it up this winter, right? And I was deep into a, a cycling program I was being coached and you're like let's go ride 200 miles and I was like yeah let's do this and, <laughs> uh, and time went on and I started riding less and less and less and then then I started to try to figure out how it's like I'm gonna I gotta get out of this because I'm not gonna survive this ride and then I then I realized that I was backing out of something that was a little bit more important than just the ride so I decided to, to stick with it and try to raise some money and um, that's about it. That's good. Yeah. I think I might have suggested it last year when I did, yeah. we went up and did 2017 Pelotonia and I think I told you about it then and you kind of had thought about doing it then but we didn't have time yeah. or I mentioned yeah. it too late. I asked him like two weeks before. Well, <laughs> I thought you were spontaneous. Yeah. Well, so was in my life at that time. <laughs> well, now you've done it. So I decided this is Jeremy. So I decided to ride and fundraise, kind of like Claire said when in 2016 <clears throat> when we went up there to the James. Can- so there's the they. The, the two places up at Ohio State University are James Cancer Center, which is where they treat patients, and then there's the Solov Research Institute, I believe is what it's called, where they do a ton of research. And probably that's where a lot of the that's probably where a lot of the money goes. I know, I'm not 100% certain on that, but you can visit pelotonia.org and see what all the programs they do. So it started, as Claire said, I needed some help to find a specialist, and I... If my if any of my doctors are listening here, most of you are really great. But there's one doctor that has, is the one that told me I had lymphoma and would not call me back. 
and I went around this doctor to make things happen on my own. And, uh, you know, so it was, I had to, you know, as a cancer patient, you learn to be your own best, your own strongest advocate. But the amazing thing was after I reached out to Doug, within 30 minutes, two of two great cancer doctors were in my email inbox asking me some questions and responding to me. They weren't just, you know, going through the motions and they weren't, they weren't ignoring me, which is not okay. You can't ignore cancer patients or anybody if you tell them they possibly have some life-threatening cancer and then don't return their calls. So one of the, and that's kind of neither here nor there, except for when we went to the James Cancer Center, the treatment we got was amazing. So Doug has always talked about patient-centered care. And, you know, the care I get around here in Mississippi is really great. Like my doctors, almost all of them except for maybe one, I won't mention any names, but the rest of them, and you know who you are, you're all great doctors. But the care, the care um, protocol is a little different. You have one appointment with one doctor and one appointment with your other doctor, one appointment with your other. What they did at the... James was, I had one appointment and all the doctors came to me, including like the administrative assistant who was going to be keying stuff into the computer for claims. Like everybody was there. So it was very patient centered. I was the person, they gave me one hour. I was the person, the only one that mattered. Everybody was in my, was in my room. I could ask all the questions. They stayed there until I couldn't think of another question to ask, except, you know, like, you know, like, can I go? Because I had too much information. And we saw firsthand what an impact that can have. Um, and then we had heard stories about um, some of the cancer research and how it had helped. There's a colon cancer um, initiative that they did where they do, they paid, they use the funds from Pelotonia to pay for genetic testing for um, all people who are diagnosed with colon cancer in the state of Ohio got free genetic testing. 8% of all colon cancers roughly are due to a syndrome, a genetic mutation called Lynch syndrome, which I have. And all those people that got genetic testing, if they were tested for the, they were tested for the Lynch gene, if they had it, then they could, sub, then subsequently they paid for testing for their offspring, their kids, because there's a 50-50 chance of, of passing that on to your children and you have to get them tested. And if those children have the gene, they can go in and get treatment gets start getting screened I think by the time they're 20 or 25 years old it's, so you can you can arguably it's like a grassroots effort to legitimately and directly impact the amount of people who get colon cancer like that's how you cure cancer like you tackle it like you can I know there's other ways to do it but that tackled it head on like let's figure this because screening is going to catch not all but most colon cancers so they did this initiative they put I don't know how much money towards it and pay for this. And we, this year, got to hear from people who benefited from that, which was neat. But um, So anyway, to, to know what they were doing just made it, and I don't really like cycling that much. So <laughs> go, going up there and riding last year was 180 miles. I just wanted to do it because I knew, I knew the person running the organization, Doug. I knew some people that worked there, Steph and some others. And they ju I just knew it was a good thing and it could directly help people and it had helped me. Um, and so that's why I really wanted to ride. And the fundraising kind of comes from a, something we call survivor's responsibility. And when I first got diagnosed with colon cancer, I knew pretty quickly that I was going to probably live. And Charlie's beeping on his watch in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> I knew that I was probably going to live, but... My wife takes me, I'm sorry. That's okay. So I knew that I was probably going to live, but I really felt this responsibility that I had to pass along, you know, and, and do use the, the newfound, like a superhero, you have this newfound power. Like, okay, I'm a cancer survivor. People are going to listen to me when I talk about cancer now. So it's kind of a responsibility to do something about it. So I've always kind of been burdened with, not burdened, I've always been, always been willing to kind of shoulder the responsibility of being a, um, a survivor and to try to pass it along. So that was a really long answer, but that's an important answer because that's the one big thing. Um, so let's move on to the next thing. All right, Claire. So how did the event in any way compare to your expectations? You have a little skewed view because you were there last year. I was there. So I was there last year. Last year I just volunteered one day 
while Jeremy wrote, and Jeremy and some other friends of ours, shout out to Wendy, T-O-G. Hey, Wendy. Hey, Wendy. So, Wendy and, and Nelson. Nelson, Nelson, Nelson wrote. So, um, so I just volunteered like the first day and I didn't ride. And I remember think like hearing the stories about them riding and being like, next year I am riding this. There is no way I'm missing this next year because it's just a totally different experience. So this year I was able to still volunteer on day one on Saturday, um, day one of the actual ride, but then I rode 35 on Sunday. Um, so it was completely different being like going from the when you're a volunteer. Every like you know you're when you're talking to the volunteers, everybody's just like so appreciative of all the riders, and then when you're a rider, everybody's so appreciative of the volunteers. So it was neat to kind of be on both sides of that. Um, the actual ride itself was just it was I didn't get to go through any of like the little towns and see the, as many people cheering as they do on Saturday, but there were several little houses on the side of the road that, I, that I'm sure y'all all saw, and they just had, like, signs up, and they were, these, you're in the middle of nowhere in rural Ohio, not Iowa, Ohio, Similar. Ohio, and <laughs> these people are just so thankful for Pelotonia, and they're so thankful for, like, the work that it's doing, and um, it was just really neat to ex- kind of experience that side of it, and then to kind of know that that I was writing and I had ra- the writing was really just a culmination of the fundraising and the doing something, just doing something to fight cancer. So um, kind of got off, off track on that one, but it, it met my it exceeded my expectations. It was fun to be part of it. It was fun to feel accomplished at the end of that ride. That's good. Follow that up again. Claire always sets the bar really high for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was good. All right, so Tim, uh, how did the event compare to your expectations? Well, I knew it was going to be big, um, just from y'all talking about it, but just seeing the people involved and how enthused they were and um, seeing the local crowds and the, the kids that would hand you water bottles, and, um, it was just a really, really cool experience. So, did you, yeah, I feel like when we talked about it, we talked about how big it was going to be. Yeah. Did you really understand, like, the uh, entire city of Columbus? Yeah, like, like everywhere you go, everybody knows about it. I mean, even, you know, when we stayed in Columbus, people knew what it was, whatever. I mean, it was just it was just really cool. It yeah. was a lot bigger, well-known than I thought it would be. Yeah. <clears throat> I just can't think of anything else like it. Yeah. All right, Charlie. Um, it was, first off, to say it was bigger than I expected, um, but going in kind of blind, and I, I've done some rides similar, or not rides, this was actually my first ride. Um, I've done marathons and half marathons for St. Jude, so to see that many cyclists was huge. I mean, it, it's hard to compare when you're in a crowd of 20,000 runners and you're from a small town in Mississippi. And I felt the same way that I did when I go to Memphis and run to St. Jude, that I'm like, I'm one person in a huge crowd and I help make a difference. No matter how big, no matter how small that I thought my fundraising was, I was making a difference. And that, that, for me, that's what I kept pushing whenever I do live cast or whenever I do post on social media. And I do this with all my, most of my running now, because when I first started running or in writing, it was, you know, this is what I can do. Let me show you what I can do. And then it got, it got bigger than me. Um, because now most of the races and stuff that I do are for charity. Uh, or some kind of charity, and this one was right up there at the top. Um, expectations, the bar, I set them high for myself because I knew this was going to be bigger than me. So, and the thing was, it wasn't about me. It was about people I didn't even know to, that I was there to help, and whatever monies that I raised was going to help somebody. And maybe one day it, would, it might help me. I don't know. Yeah, or somebody you or know. Somebody or somebody I know, right. Um, at least now I feel like 
I have more knowledge as far as if it does happen to somebody, I know I'm like, hey, I've dealt with this organization before. Let me reach out to some people that I've met and see what we can possibly do for you. Yeah, that's great. All right, Monty, you're up. <laughs> what were your expectations, and how did the actual yeah, yeah. event compare? You and Clary had built it up pretty big, and um, I guess what I was not—I uh, mean, it, it lived up to, to, to y'all's height. Um, the 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 landscape that we rode through was was unreal. Um, it just kind of felt like I was always riding in a movie scene, mm-hmm. you know, because it was so. It was pretty. beautiful, and there's. Um, not just beautiful parts here and there. It's like the whole ride was just amazing. Um, I remember really coming, you know, getting on top of a hill and then looking down at all the farmland, the farmhouses, the uh, barns and silos and all that. That was pretty amazing. The barn painting for Pelotonia, the big the barn. Area. Area. <laughs> that was yeah. cool. But it made the. Uh, here, here in the stories, like, you know, we, we come across that one guy that, that blew by us, and he said he was riding for his wife. She had breast cancer, and he was riding by himself. This was day two. Yeah, I remember you mentioned it. Yeah. Just just thinking about what he was, what he was probably thinking during the whole ride, but never thought 200 miles in two days would really be that easy or go by that fast because of the of ex, the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you had to do that 200 mile ride just on your own, right? Yeah, on Shiloh Road, it might have not <laughs> been quite as inspiring. And, and they were not easy, easy miles, but they were filled with um, beautiful landscape and landscapes. And it was hearing hearing people's stories while they're riding. I agree that it was, you don't, do you think, I mean, I'm from the Midwest, but Ohio is quite a ways from Iowa. You kind of, it's almost, it's just really pretty. There's, it's, it's like farmland of Iowa, but it's almost hilly, almost mountainy. Like you're just about in the foothills of the mountains. A yeah. Let's bit. just skip the hills and go straight to the mountains. So that's what <laughs> yeah. it felt like to me. Yeah. Mississippi has hills. Ohio has mountains. But it was really pretty. Like, some of those towns are just very... And they're enthusiastic about having all these riders come through. Surprisingly. Like, most of the towns were not... Like, oh, here comes... I gotta... Here are my streets are gonna be blocked off for... Yeah. For five hours. Instead, they come out and they got cowbells and music and they're cheering and little kids are holding up signs like, you saved my grandma's life and stuff like that. I want to give a shout out to Bo's Tire Barn. (laughs) (laughs) They had the best rest stop. (laughs) Bo's Tire Barn. We'll try to tag them in this. We'll post the video. (laughs) They had a big team. I I didn't get to go through Granville as a rider, but my race started, or my ride started in Granville, um, which Jeremy is ready to move to Granville, Ohio. It's Any just the now. most beautiful little that town. Is the best, it was beautiful. It was never that we rode through. Yeah. yeah. And so I didn't get to ride through, but I've seen Jeremy took video last year of riding through Granville, and I heard about it, and like people just like line the streets and you know, yell town. and cheer, and the whole town comes out. I got to see the prayer flags at that church. Oh, mm-hmm. those were beautiful. Um, it was neat. I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Ohio. So. I probably it's hard for me to answer the question, how did it compare to my expectations? Because it was, I already had done it once. So as far as the ride, my expectations were exactly what I thought. It was going to be really hilly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to be really tired. But um, I was really excited to have a bunch of people with us. Because, you know, last year we did we had a team, but and it was just a few of us. And... Um, it was just really cool to have a bunch of people that put all this effort in to, from Mississippi to come. And that was a long drive. That was a 12-hour drive yeah. to do some training and do a lot of fundraising, which stressed us all out some, some more than others. And, uh, you know, then to go all the way up there, to travel all the way up, to take time away from your families, to do all that stuff. So probably my expectations for the event were were met and pretty standard. They do such a good job of organizing the event. It's Excellent. just amazing. Um, 
but my expectations kind of for our team were exceeded because I was really excited to, to see how it would go. But, you know, it's, you got seven people coming up and all doing different stuff and everybody's got different motivations and, you know, expectations of time frames and traveling and stuff. And we all got along really well. We all had the a really, we kept, you know, what the cause was at the center of what we were doing. We all knew we were there for a good reason. And, and that, that really drives behavior, I think, when you all have a common, you know, you see all those riders out there and all the volunteers and everybody. There are very few things in life that focus people's, the best of people onto the same thing. Like politics don't do it, you know, like there's just very few things like cancer and Pelotonia and other events like that just really focus. They bring people's focus in and it brings the best of people's focus in. Like nobody was grumpy, not just with us, but in the whole thing. Like, well, just very I, few people. I, I will say this, um, and, and and I've apologized to Tim on our first day ride um, when, we, when we had Uh-oh. the opportunity to. Wait, is this going to be the low point? Because we're going yeah, to. Yeah, it would probably be for Tim, you know, on that question. But I'm going to go ahead and kind of segue into it. When no, <laughs> um, when we had the choice to turn left for less hilly route oh. or right for more hilly route, and I'm like, "Come on, Tim, let's turn I got right." This. He's like, "It's the first day." <laughs> Like 20 miles in. 20 miles in, and we still had 35 <laughs> miles to go, but uh, yes. Well, but Tim expected that, so it, it yeah. met his expectations. Maybe yeah. he just wasn't prepared for just how hilly it actually was. I intentionally didn't watch any videos on YouTube or anything, so I didn't know how bad it was going to be. He was he, amazingly he was hilly. Yeah. I got You what? This is probably a good idea. He didn't oh, watch good idea. All right, so let's go around. Claire, what was the most powerful moment for you? This one maybe when I really don't know the answer to. Um, <clears throat> there were a lot of powerful moments for me. It already makes me start tearing up. Allergies. Allergies. <laughs> we, had a, we had a lot of allergies. Um, they're not here today, but Todd Lape and Bobby Rush yeah. were on our team, and both of those guys have lost their moms um, to cancer. And so anytime anybody would tear up, we just said it allergies. Which is a lot. Allergies, which happened a lot. A we had lot. a lot of allergies while we were there. Um, so that was one of my powerful moments. <clears throat> because I knew both Bobby and Todd's mothers. Because um, I went to um, high school with Todd's brother, and I went to high school with Bobby. So I knew both of their mothers, and I remember both of their mothers really well. And so it meant... it. Um, it was really pow- powerful for me to be with them while they got to ride for their mothers. Um, I remember at the the last day on Sunday, I finished first. And then people from our Peloton kept kind of like finished at different times. And then um, so there were some times where I was just waiting on somebody to come through. And <clears throat> the people I rode with had already headed back to their hotels. They were with a different Peloton. But um, and Bobby and Todd came through, and um, so it was just the three of us, and we got to hang out for a while, and we've done a lot of running together also, so I know these guys really, really well, and we were standing there, we were drinking a beer, and all of a sudden, Bobby, um, I just, he just didn't say a word, he just sat down what he was doing, and made a beeline, there was a little photo booth, and he um, had found, it had all these little signs that would say, I ride for my you know, my friends, I write for you, I write for my husband, and he picked up the one that said, I write for my mom, and he didn't say a word, and when we saw it, Todd and I, we couldn't talk either, <laughs> so we all, that's when Todd would yell, allergies, um, and so it was just, it was, it was really powerful for me to see them go through it, and I think it was really important, um, another pow- powerful moment for me was, I rode for, Everybody I knew that um, had cancer, I know I forgot people. Since then, I've thought of more people I know that have battled cancer. Um, at some point, my family, friends, there were people in my family that I didn't even realize had, had fought cancer. And so I made a list of all these people, Jeremy at the top. Um, and, and that was really powerful for me to write those names and to you know, say, for each one of them, I'm writing for this person. And to get those names from people. So um, so it, I think a lot of that is 
when somebody goes through that, especially if they don't make it, then you just don't want to forget those people. You want to remember those people. And I, I know um, the people that I've lost to cancer, uh, I just, you don't want people to forget them. So it was powerful for me to write those names, a lot of those names out. And then to take names of people would tell me the stories about family and friends that they know that lost, uh, they lost to cancer and to get to put those names on there. That was really, that was powerful for me. I had a, I had a thousand powerful moments, but that was, that was some other. Well, the question wasn't. I know. I didn't have like the most powerful. Like I can't think of like one moment. I'm probably forgetting it. I think I put in there moment or moments. Moments. See? You did a good job. See? All right, Tim, how about you? Uh, I'm trying to, (laughs) it is hard. Um, that they had a wall that everybody wrote their names on. Allergies. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of allergies in this room. Yeah. Tear, tear gas. Yeah, yeah, tear gas. Something's in the air. <laughs> but it was. It was really hard watching Bobby and Todd um, write their names on, that, on their mom's name on that wall. Um, so that really, to start the whole moment or the whole weekend um, with that was kind of put it all in perspective. Mm-hmm. So, I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so well said. Um, for me, and it, I'm the same way, I had moments, powerful moments. Um, the wall was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just seeing all the names <laughs> on the wall. Um, the other one was the little town of Granville. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I've, since I've been home, I've, I've watched videos of just that town coming out and lining the streets. And I know I had one moment, I, I call it a, a lapse in judgment moment. Tim's like, it's a crazy moment. So I decided, never had done this before. There were little kids lying the sidewalk and they had their hands out for <laughs> high-fiving. <laughs> And I didn't even think twice about it. I let go of the handlebars with one hand, and I was high-fiving kids, and Tim's looking at me like, what are you doing? You're going to take them out. You're going to take them out. Um, And after I got through doing that, I was like, you know, yeah, that probably was not the smartest idea. Um, You're caught up in the moment. I was caught up in the moment. But, yeah, um, the wall in Granville, and then for me, at the end, and my wife reminded me of it after when I was doing my live cast uh, at the end. When Jeremy came up and said, you did it. I was already spent. And like I told him and I was, my lip was quivering then. I'm like, <laughs> I left it all out on the course because I knew it was bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, there were people that survived. There were people that had, you know, since gone succumbed to cancer. Um, and I had, I had never ridden that distance ever before in my life. I mean, the farthest I've ran, uh, rode in training was 25 miles. <laughs> so, you know, Charlie, what'd you do 135 for? Cause I was stupid. <laughs> no. Um, and Jeremy knows it doesn't matter what it is. I'm going, if it's a crazy distance, I'm going to try for it at least once. I was worried about you, by the way. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Um, yeah, so for we'll me, get to that. don't jump ahead in the question. That's the yeah. next question. So, yeah, that that those were the powerful moments for me. And with that, I need to go check on my allergy med- medication. Yeah, so. yeah, get some. All right. Can't believe what I'm about to talk. Oh, well, now you can say whatever you want about Charlie as Charlie yeah. exits the room because it's late. All right, Monty. Well, did you have any no. powerful moments? Did anybody moments? say what the wall was? Why we ride or who we ride for? Who we ride yeah. for? No, it was that was it. Uh, because when we got there, I think, you know, we 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 ate first, and then we went through the I don't know if you call it an expo. But we were just going through looking at all the vendors, sunglasses vendors, bike vendors, and all of a sudden, the, uh, the wall just, just like, I, I didn't see it until, like, until I almost was on it. on it. And I was like, oh, shoot. Uh, I don't even know who to, who, to, to, uh, who to write on that wall. But then I saw Bobby and Todd writing on, on the wall and just imagining what they were thinking. 
that was that was pretty powerful. Uh, and I ended up writing uh, Becca's uncle's mm-hmm. uh, name on the wall for, for them because yeah. he had just died of cancer. So, but just looking, it was it was just. It was crazy, looked crazy looking at uh, Bobby and Todd both together. That's that's had been really hard for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Can I add to my powerful? <clears throat> yes, you can. I have another one. I'll, I'll allow it. And we talked about this one. So Wendy Chioji is one of our friends that climbed Kilimanjaro with us, and um, I rode with her the second day. She um, we did just did the thirty-five the second day. And she's just one of the most just positive, uplifting, fun people. She's just always, she's just easy She's to hang out with, and she's happy. And um, even undergoing the situation, circumstances, I could never imagine being positive in, and she does. So she's undergoing treatment now for the second time for thymic carcinoma, um, and she's currently in a clinical trial. And I was riding behind her. I remember watching her, which, one, the the hardest day when we climbed Kilimanjaro, it was actually on the way back down. It was harder than going up. Um, Wendy climbed with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wendy and, and I ended up together a lot that day. I think because she, like, I think she was kind of, like, taking care of me because <laughs> it was hard <laughs> coming back down, and I was in pain, and we stuck together. That was just what we did as a team. But um, so I got to do that with her. That was a memorable moment. From that trip, and then to ride with her on Sunday, um, and Alex and Michael Arado. Um, did I say that last name right? I, I really think don't so. Know. Shout out to them too, because Alex gets his feelings hurt when we don't shout out to him. But so riding with Wendy. <laughs> She's not that sensitive. <laughs> riding with Wendy though, so I was behind Wendy, and I'm thinking I'm following her, and I'm like, she's a really good example of what this was about. She is a, so thymic carcinoma is her second um, cancer. Her first was breast cancer. She beat it. She beat thymic carcinoma. She climbed Kilimanjaro with us, and now she has thymic carcinoma again. And she's undergoing clinical trials and going through treatment. Like, she just got back today, I believe, or yesterday. And she goes every so week, so many weeks to this institute. Um, anyways, and, and that's what it's about, like, Funding the things that are saving lives like Wendy's. And that's what that's why I believe so much in Pelotonia because they're, they're, this money goes directly to research and it's saving people's lives. And so riding behind her, I was thinking, like, that's exactly why we're doing this. So people like Wendy can keep on trucking and being positive and spreading her cheer for everybody. I mean, like, it's just – that was – that was neat. It was neat to put that together as we were doing that. And I want to add to that because I think a lot of us, I think a lot of people that we were um, in contact with while we were fundraising may have misunderstood what we were saying and maybe we weren't saying it correctly because a lot of times I know I'm like, this go, these, all your money goes towards funding cancer research. It wasn't until the end that I learned life-saving cancer research so you know there's to me there's two different levels there because you you still have people that are succumb to cancer but then you have research that's going on even though all of it's going on to beat cancer peloton is the first i've heard to say life-saving cancer research yeah that was that's always that's soon i because you always hear cancer research oh, it goes right. to cancer research it goes to cancer research you really don't know what that means what really makes it clear, draws it into focus, is when you just add the words life-saving. Because it genuinely saves people's lives. Mm-hmm. Directly saves people's lives. There are people who will live because of money that we raised that went to fund a research program that will save their lives. So when you say life-saving cancer research, like it genuinely, that's a thing. It's a real, you know, As we saw thing. at the opening ceremonies on that Friday night, the speaker was, or the, the special guest were three people whose lives were saved by um, research conducted and treatment t- that they had at this facility, and that that was that was money from 
Pelotonia that funded it, and they specific and they had their doctors on stage, and that was amazing to see. Like, like it's not just all this money goes to cancer research. It's not just some you know faceless body of research. I mean, it, it they put a face on it. And they say this treat this money goes to this doctor who's doing this specific research yeah, or this specific treatment. Yeah, that's important. Um, so I, this is Jeremy. My uh, let's see, my most powerful moments definitely Bobby and Todd at the wall. In fact, uh, and I think Monty mentioned this earlier, but the wall was just a giant wall where you could use you know erasable marker and write the names of who you write for. And the wall was long. I don't know how long it was, fifty feet long, and it was you know, partially filled when we got a, there. Yeah, it had a lot of names there. It was full. I guess that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Out and I had walked up to it. I, I hadn't, I didn't think about, I saw the wall and I, I got, I didn't immediately think of Bobby and Todd, but I walked up to the wall and grabbed a marker and I wasn't really sure whose name to write because there's so many, unfortunately. Um, and then I looked over and saw Bobby and Todd and I just, anything I could do just felt small. So I just set the marker down and got my camera and I wanted to catch a picture of them just writing it. But I know they had quite a few allergies when uh, when that was happening because I think we all did. But that was a pretty powerful moment. Granville is always a powerful moment because it's so many people that come out and support what you're doing. And at that time, it just, you know they just come out and they're just and they hold up signs and say, "You saved my life, you saved my mom's life," stuff like that. Like if you just see one of those, you're just like, mm, "I can't breathe, I can't see, my eyes are all wet, I don't know what's happening here." <laughs> And then I think for me, this Saturday night we stayed in a dorm, uh, which was a fiasco, but we got it worked out. Most of us had some good air conditioning. Some of us did not. But uh, I was texting with Claire, and I saw she had posted on Facebook and asked people to give her names. We did this for um, Kilimanjaro as well. And for both Kilimanjaro and for what Claire did, she was going to carry those names with her on the ride. And she just posted on Facebook and said, if you have a name you want me to write on here for me to ride for. And the list, every time I looked, there was more and more and more and more. And it just drives home how important this life-saving cancer research is because that list is always too long. And we carried some flags up to to the uh, summit of Kilimanjaro. And the two flags, I have them in the closet, but they're uh, just covered in names. In fact, the night before we left, Claire's mom just sat down and had to get these names off of Facebook because it just was, it's almost like a viral post. And we were going to carry those flags to the summit and her mom just had to write and write and write and write. And we had started not realizing it was going to be that big. So we'd bring the flags to the fundraisers and we'd say, if you want to write a name down, write a name down. Well, then... 20 minutes, the whole flag is almost full. Yeah. We're like, geez, this is, wait, time out. we got to do this differently. So we had to get a second flag. <laughs> and then people are writing, and it's on both sides. And so we carried those flags to the summit, and then I saw Claire doing that again that Saturday night <laughs> as I was enjoying my air conditioning. Can't say the same for Tim. <laughs> but uh, it, that was a powerful moment for me. And then for some reason... At one of the aid stations, I think it was mile 50 on day two, I was pretty tired. And for some reason, I saw somebody go by that had a Survivor jersey on. And it just, I just, I think I was in the middle of a live cast. And I saw somebody go by with a Survivor jersey and I, I just couldn't was that talk. on Sunday, you said? I think it was on Sunday. While you got on your Survivor jersey? Yeah. And I just <laughs> couldn't talk. And suddenly I was just like, all right, this podcast, this live cast is not going well. I'm just, I'm just going to end it now. <laughs> Because I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it was. It was just the whole thing, you know. I was physically tired, which brings out more emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing a survivor and just knowing the importance of it all. So, do you remember that Bobby's mother passed away while we were fundraising and getting ready for killing? For killing Jar, yeah, you had mentioned that. I remember that day. I walked out from under on the flag. Yeah, that stuff. It's you know, it's not. That stuff is emotionally powerful, and if you can add. Like fundraising that saves lives, it's even more powerful. It's yeah. like it's that's that's a you know it's something you can do, but it you know the flag the names of the flags it's an action, but it's symbolic. But the, with Pelotonia, it's not symbolic. It's actual dollars that are going to researchers to save lives. All right, that was part one 
of the Post Pelotonia podcast. Thank you for listening. Part two uh, is available, so download that, check it out. Um, part two, we get into some more fun stuff of the ride, um, how poorly trained most of us were, how badly we struggled on the hills, and um, how much chafing we had. It's pretty funny stuff, but uh, I still think you'll enjoy it, so check it out. Thanks for listening.